Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Now give God some hand clap. That was, come on, we could do better than that. It's the last Sunday in of 2020s, and we're still here, and I give God glory for that. And, and uh, let's just dive right in. I like to just dive right in, right? You just, just get soaking wet. So um, we're going to start from Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Ephesians 4, you grab your Bible, your smart devices, and I think it's going to be on there. I'm not sure, but Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, and it reads... I'm excited, y'all, so bear bear with me, because if I leap and jump, just catch me, okay? Therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to to walk worthy of the calling you have received. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of of peace. Let's pray. Lord, speak. Amen. All right. Listen, that's that's all. Lord, speak. Listen. 2020, what a year. Everyone was so excited about this year. We had sayings like 2020, the year of new vision. 2020, the perfect vision. 2020, I can see clearly now. 2020, a new me. But believe it or not, that's exactly what happened. Everybody's eyes were open, but not the way they expected to. Oh, (laughs) y'all. Listen. listen. Of course, everyone started the year off with a to-do list of 2020, what we call a New Year's resolution. But what happens when your to-do list is disrupted? What happens when you don't have the right items on your to-do list, what happens when your to-do list is, is self-centered instead of Christ-centered? So if you're in here this morning, you know that crazy and expected things happen in 2020. But in case you were in your prayer closet all year, give me three hours, 25 minutes, and two and a half seconds to share with you. COVID-19, everybody knows that. Everyone is wearing masks, and I bet no one is laughing at Michael Jackson right now. We have lost loved ones with COVID-19. We had unbearable sickness, loss of employment. We had the government tell the churches to close their doors due to COVID-19. So with that being said, there were no physical contact with our brothers and sisters, no holy kiss. Preachers preaching and praise team singing to empty chairs. The faith of some believers corresponds with the status of the building, empty, shut down. In 2020, we lost some people, some iconic people. Alice Trebek, Kobe Bryant with his daughter, the Black Panther, Eddie Van, the guitarist. No matter how successful you are, you cannot escape death. Life is too short. In 2020, stock market crashed. People's investment dropped like a falling star. Racial injustice caused some relationships to be destroyed between friends and family. People 
what brought fear into community be between each other. Political decisions. People are being treated based on their political belief instead of their character. And the worst one of all, and I cried while I was typing this, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Terrible year. Hey, preach. See, I got a, I got a witness. We lost two quarterbacks. Jesus, 2020 has been a year. But how many are glad that we serve a God that can take a messed up, confused, incomplete to-do list and use it for his glory? Everybody should be clapping your hands right now. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And I am so glad on this 2020 that I stand here today and I can speak to my brothers and sisters. So even though there were COVID in 2020, small businesses were formed. New passionate careers were obtained. People were starting to be clean for real. Even though churches were still shut down, but it taught us that church doesn't start when we get here. It starts in the living room of our home. Our faith should not be based on the status of a building, but based on the word of God. A word that would never fail us. A word that would give us the real 2020 vision. With Kobe Bryant and everybody who lost, we have, it has encouraged us to love our family and friends. Spend time with our family, create memories with our loved one, because we never know when they will take their last breath. Even though the stock market crashed, our bank accounts didn't crash. Some of our small businesses was thriving even the more. No matter what state the world market is, God heavenly market would never crash. When you invest your time in his word, and in his presence. Can I get an amen, y'all? Racial injustice. Blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians, all the race coming together. People are willing to be educated on each other's culture. The body of Christ is willing to have an open discussion because if we can't talk about it in the kingdom of God, how can we expect the world to change? Political decisions. It doesn't matter what our political views are. God will put whoever he wants in office. We have to understand that God is not a political God. God cannot fight against himself because if God was a political God, he would have to choose if he's a Republican, Democrat, or liberal. If God was a black God, he would have to choose if he's Haitian, Jamaican, or African. If God was a white God, he would have to choose if he's German, British, or Italian. If God was a Hispanic God, he would have to choose if he's Mexican, Puerto Rican, or is he Cuban. He cannot be put in the box because he is the box. He's the thing that keeps everything together, so God is just God all by himself. God is love. Paul did not allow his status to change his calling. In fact, through his messed up situation, he still encouraged his brothers and sisters to walk in their calling. So I pray that you allow me to be your Paul on this morning. 
as you prepare your to-do list for 2021. Make sure that it consists of humility. Make sure it consists of gentleness. Make sure it consists with patience. Jesus. Patience. Jesus. Patience. Make sure it consists with bearing with one another in love. Making every effort, every single effort in your body to keep the unity through the spirit of peace. You may have a million things on your to-do list, but without this on your to-do list, it won't stand. Your list for 2020 may get disrupted, but remember one thing, God's list lasts forever. Amen. I'm gone. Amen. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say love. Now, turn to your other neighbor and say, what's love got to do with it? Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to sing it this one. That's, on, that's not what that's for. That's for later. Okay. Let's continue on in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look now at verse 15 and 16. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. For him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I love how another version says, functions properly. Functions properly. What do I want to see in 2021? What do I want to see on my to-do list, on your to-do list? I want to see... One word that's simple yet complex, love. Love. In order to understand its complexity, let's, let's take a look at this scripture, the context that it's showing us. There's two parts that I want to bring your attention to this morning. And these two parts are what Paul says. He says, speak the truth in love. Okay, we're going to call this truthing in love. That's a word. You can look it up. It's in the Urban Dictionary. And to grow and build in love, we're going to call this functioning in love. In 2021, I want to see Christians who are both truthing in love and functioning in love. Let's talk about the first one, truthing in love. Truthing in love is speaking the truth in love. It's speaking in a way that is biblically correct and done so in love and for the benefit of the one who it's for. Now, what we say and what we do matters. You know, growing up, we had this little saying that was, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I got to tell you this morning, words hurt. (laughs) What we say and do matters. What we post on social media has a significant and lasting impact. So we have to be careful, and we got to consider the words that we choose or the memes that we share or the facts that we retweet. This year, I've watched so many Christians, some who... I adore who I uh, who I, I I love. I value so much, but I've seen so many Christians share some things, comment on some things, post some things on social media that was just not in love, and it was definitely not in truth. You know, as Christians, we desire to speak in love. We we care about people. We don't want to see them. You know, we can't just stand idly by. We don't want to see them go about their lives without showing them some truth, but. 
You know, in 2020, oftentimes, more often than not, we've gotten it all wrong. Paul says that we should speak the truth in love, but somehow we imagine that speaking the truth is love. Did you catch that? Just change one little letter and it changes the entire outlook. We need to speak more of the truth in love. So what does it mean to have to be truthing in love? Truthing in love comes from really three parts of our lives. And the first part is this, three things that we can do is we have to check our motive. It's checking our motive. You know, before we ever speak a word, before we even consider what we're going to post on social media, we have to think about who the audience is that we're speaking to. And not only that, we have to think about, do we actually care for them, or are we merely just trying to win some, you know, gospel cred or some evangelism points on our board? Are you motivated by self-interest? Are you genuinely wanting to see Christ magnified? You've got to check your motive. If we're truthing in love, we're not only checking our motive, but we're fostering genuine love. There are several ways you can do this, but one of the most important ways you can do this is by praying. So before you even speak a word, before you even do something in love, you need to be on your knees in prayer, praying that the God who is above all and is in control of it all is teaching you something that you need to learn too. Maybe you need to learn the truth that you're trying to tell somebody else. Maybe you need to check yourself and be passing on the genuine love. You may even consider how once you may have needed that truth in your life before you speak it into somebody else's life. And then the other part about this is not confusing passion with godly zeal. I mean, godly zeal is passionate, but not every passion is godly. See, the Bible has many examples of people who were passionate and even for godly things, but their zeal was misplaced. Their actions were dishonoring to God. One example of this is in Luke chapter 9. Jesus is going through a village, and as he's going through this village, um, there's nobody there in the village that invites them and the disciples to stay with them. And And James and John, they're upset about it. They're appalled by this. You know, they're like thinking, okay, not only are these guys Samaritans, but they don't even have the decency to invite us in to have a place to stay. And so they go to Jesus and they say, you know what? Hey, Jesus, why don't we just call down fire from heaven? Listen, that's not godly zeal. Jesus rebuked them. He said um, they were zealous, but even their passions, you know, they had some passions about godly things, but their zeal was misplaced. I think that true zeal true biblical zeal comes as in psalm 119 136 says my eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law see godly zeal is merciful and it's mild and it's not destructive and it doesn't hate what what have you been truthing in 2020 has it been biblically correct has it been full of love or has it been self-centered we have to get out of the way, you know. We can't just go about posting things and telling things just to get a ride out of people or to, to provoke them or to make a statement or to get a laugh. What do I want to see in 2021? I want to see Christians check themselves before they wreck themselves. I want to see my social media feed and, and people, what they say and what they do, be full of truth and love. So we have truthing in love. Make sure this is going to stay. Truthing in love is what we need in 2021. Make sure you add that to your to-do list. The second part is functioning in love. Functioning in love. The work of every Christian is only as effective as what it says in verse 16. Each does its work. And like I said, another version says, each is working properly. Working properly. It's not enough 
for us to just show up in 2021. You know, some people just showed up in 2020. Maybe it was online. Maybe it was here in church. Maybe it was at your work or wherever it was. You just, some people just showed up. It's not enough to just show up. It's not even enough to have the right motives in 2021, you know, to just be truthing in love. Not only do we need to be truthing in love, we have to also be functioning in love. When Paul describes us as the whole body with each part working properly to grow and to build up in love, it means that the body loses something when somebody, when you are not doing your part. It's like a broken tumbler, a tumbler that's broken in a lock. When you put the key in, if there's a tumbler broken, it can't work properly. It's like a dead note on a keyboard. When, when there's a dead, dead key on a keyboard and you go to play, you hit that dead note, it just doesn't work properly. It doesn't sound good. So what happens when you don't serve? What happens when you don't teach? What happens when you don't encourage and challenge one another? What happens when you don't express compassion and mercy and comfort? What happens when you don't give generously? What happens when you don't witness? What happens when you don't pray for the salvation of a friend who needs it the most? What happens when you don't lead or administrate? What happens when you don't share the wisdom and insight that comes from God? What happens when we consider ourselves important above other people. That's exactly what we're saying here. When we don't function in love, what we're really saying is I'm more important than somebody else. And I got to tell you, I'll tell you what happens. We don't function properly. By contrast, what happens when we suffer with someone who's suffering? We build together in love. What happens when we honor one of our other fellow Christians. We rejoice together, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 26. What happens when you come alongside to help someone in need or you, conf- you, you bathe the truths that we confess in love and it's the livelihood of our service and teaching? We grow and we glorify God. What happens when you lead with humility and courage? What happens when we are constantly rubbing off on each other about what God is doing for his glory and his grace? What happens is we grow together and we work together, and we function properly. I'm convinced that if we're truthing in love and we're functioning in love, 2021 is going to be a great year. Paul says that Christ is the head of the church, and for him who are held, we are held together by every supporting ligament. See, Christ is the head, and he provides all thought, all direction, all communication. From him derives all of our meaning, all of our purpose, all of our, uh, all of our insight. Everything comes from God, and without him, we cannot function. But I want to give you a little anatomy lesson this morning. This is something Oliver knows pretty well, and I, I need your participation in this, okay? So it goes like this. Um, you got you to touch your head and say head. Okay, and then you touch your shoulders and you say shoulders. And then you touch your knees, you say knees. And then you go to your toes and you say toes. And then you touch your knees again, knees. And then you touch your toes again. Okay, so it goes like this. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. What's the next part? Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. That's right. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. And then you just go faster and faster until you go crazy. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there are many parts to the body. And what Paul is talking about here is that each and every single one of you has a role to play. Each and every single person in this room is a part of the body of Christ. And if you are not doing your part, we cannot function properly. 
but there's one thing, one single part of the body that, that reaches every single part of everything else in the body. It connects us all together. One single thing that touches and is the single crevice of each and every one of us. It's responsible for bringing life to every part and bring, making sure that it is healthy and functioning together. And that, if you saw where I was going with this, is the heart. If I can get it to stick. Like so. See, it's the right height, too. See, it's my heart. You like that? <laughs> we have to be truthing and functioning in love. See, the thing about the heart is the heart provides all the oxygen and the nutrients for the body to function properly. And if we don't have love, we cannot function in 2021. We can't function properly, and we can't be truthing properly. We have to have love. Love comes from the heart, as the saying goes, right? Love is where the heart is. If the heart is the central part of our body, of our existence, it is also what love needs to be as the existence of everything that we do. If love isn't at the center of everything that we do, our 2021 is not going to be any better than 2020. So what's love got to do with it? Everything. (laughs) You see, without love in 2021, each part of our body cannot function as it should. Without love pumping from the center of our existence, all parts of our body, we will fall apart. Love entangles us. Love fuels us. Love connects us. Love is what binds us together as the body of Christ. And just like a body can't function without the heart, we cannot function without love. So what do I want to see in 2021? I want to see Christians speaking biblical truth, and I want to see Christians functioning properly because love has everything to do with everything that we do. Amen. Come on, Pastor Heather. Come up and finish us off. All right. So I'm just going to go right with what Chris was saying. But we can't do anything in love until we put off things that hinder us from walking in love. So what do I want to see done in 2021? I'm going to make it really easy for you guys. I want to see people put off more stuff. Sounds a little weird. Not super ambitious. Most people are like, I'm going to add more things to do, more things I want to see done. I think we should put off more things in 2021. So the point I hope you get this morning is this. I have to put off some things in order to put on some things. So we're going to continue on in Ephesians 4. We're going to go down to verse 22. Paul tells us this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we have two actions. We're going to put off the old self and put on the new self. And whenever you look at this, you think, well, these are kind of opposites of each other. But the more I studied it, they're not opposites. They actually balance each other out only whenever they're working the way that they're supposed to. When they work together, we see a perfect picture of God's restoration power in our lives. But these actions, excuse me, have to work with the right self. There are two selves that he's talking about. One self is created. It's created by God and it's created for God. One self is corrupted. Corrupted by self and for self. One consists of righteousness and holiness. The other is under the dominion of deceitful desires. The old self is corrupt. It's ruled by desire, and desire is a powerful thing, especially in today's world. 
I mean, if you want something, you just go and get it, right? And then when it doesn't work for you anymore, you just go and get something else. Can I just tell you, I love the way this always works out. I mean, none of us really talk about what we're going to say when we get up here. And hearing Chris use words like zeal. Let's talk about this zealousness that you can get for God. Let's replace that with desire. Desire is a powerful thing. If you think about it, it's a very motivating thing. Desire gives us motive power, but it does not give us directing power. And desire followed does not always bring fulfillment. So let me say it this way. It motivates you to get what you want, but it has no idea what you need. Alexander McLaren, he's a a preacher from the 1800s. I love to go back and study a lot of his old sermons. And this is something that he wrote about desire, and I thought it fit really well for today. He says, because for one thing, the object only satisfies for a time. Yesterday's food appeased our hunger for the day, but we wake hungry again because further the desire grows, but the object of it does not. The fierce longing increases, and of course, the power of the thing that we pursue to satisfy it decreases in the same proportion. It is a fixed quantity. The appetite is indefinitely expansible. And so the longer I go on feeding my desire, the more I long for the food, and the more I long for it, the less taste it has when I get it. It must be more strongly spiced to stimulate a jaded palate. A man scarcely tastes his brandy, and has little pleasure in drinking it, but cannot do without it. And so he gulps it down in bigger and bigger quantities till delirium takes over to finish it all. Because for another thing, after all, these desires are each but a fragment of one man's whole nature. And when one is satisfied, another is begging to be fed. Following deceitful desires leads to a steady advance of decay and deterioration. And if you do not put it off, It will destroy your very soul. It will leave you broken and exposed. It cannot fulfill you, and it has no power to restore you. I'm going to say that one more time because I thought that was really good. It has no power to fulfill you, and it cannot restore you. That is why we are to put off this old self and put on the new. But we can't put on the new until we rid ourselves of the old. It makes me think of cleaning out your closet. I don't know if anybody else does this. I kind of separate things into piles. There's the keep pile, the donate pile, the trash pile, and then I have the pile of things that I'm really hoping I'm going to be able to wear again, even though it's been like seven years. I know. I need to just get a clue, but I'm like, come on, God, you are a miracle worker. But you sort your piles, and, you know, if it looks good on you, you keep it. If it's got holes in it and it's looking a little worn, you're like, okay, I guess I'll trash it. But if it's got a little life left in it, you're going to donate. You're going to give it to somebody else so they can use it again, right? You know, we sort clothing so easily, but what about our spiritual lives? Will you throw out parts that caused you pain and left holes? Will you donate those things to someone else because there's still some life in it? Even though you may not be, you're too good for it now. You've moved on, but you have no problem putting it on someone else. Or maybe you're still holding on to that one thing, like I hold on to that one pair of jeans, thinking you're going to be able to fit it into your life again one day, but it's really not doing you any good at all. It makes me think of, uh, I was thinking of the story of Blind Bartimaeus. It's one of my favorite ones. I mean, you can read it and find something new in it every single time you read the story. He's sitting by the roadside, and he's begging. 
He starts shouting for Jesus. The people rebuke him, but he shouts all the more. Jesus takes notice of him and calls for him. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 50, it says, Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up to his feet and he came to Jesus. He was a beggar. His cloak was torn and dirty, probably given to him out of pity. Should have been replaced a long time ago. But then Jesus, Jesus steps onto the scene. And he throws his cloak aside. Why? He's not going to need it anymore. That thing that gave him an identity as a beggar, poor, lost, alone. He doesn't need it anymore. He casts it off. He throws it away because he's not going back to that life again. He has a new life, a new identity that he is going to put on. Because it's not a case of throwing aside our clothing. It is stripping oneself of the very skin and flesh that is causing the decay. Because let's face it, the grace of God can only go where you allow it. Some of you keep holding on with a tight grip to this old self and its desires. You're holding on to it because it's covering some things up for you. It's working for you right now. It's covering up some shame, some pain, some guilt. You can fill in the blank however you want. But that's all it's doing. It's just covering it up. Nothing is healing. Put it off. You don't need it anymore. You can't put the new self over the old self. That's why they're both here. That's why they have to work with the right self. You can't do it all. You can't say, okay, well, I'm going to keep some of the old self, and I'm going to put the new self on it. I don't know if anybody watched the movie The Christmas Story over the holidays. You know the scene where the mom, like, bundles up the little brother, and he's so bundled up, like, he can't even move. He's, like, walking like this. That's what happens when you start putting the new self on top of the old self. You're just putting all these layers on, and then you can't even move forward because you're just carrying around so much. You're trying to put holiness on top of unrighteousness. The root problem is still there. You can't put on love, humility, gentleness, patience, like Leslie and Chris talked about, unless you get rid of hate, anger, unforgiveness, and bitterness. It doesn't work that way. Putting on the new self, it doesn't just cover you. It doesn't just cover the damage that the old self has done. It heals it heals it, makes you whole. The pursuit of God alone is the only thing that will quench the thirst of desire. God alone is able to satisfy every part of you. Allow God's grace to work in you to wrestle with and overcome deceitful desires that lead you astray. Victory over the old sinful self is to be found in Jesus. So I hope that you will leave 2020 with the old self behind and in 2021 put on the new self that God has called you to be. Good job. Good job. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given just as Christ apportioned it. Grace has been given to each one of us. As Leslie talked about, making every effort to seek unity and to, and to 
fulfill the calling that God wants us to fulfill. And, and Chris talking about the truth, seeking the truth and love and, and our heart and setting aside the old self, as Heather said. All of that comes because of grace. As I look at this past year, and we look at all the tragedies and all of the losses and all of the different things that we have had to overcome and struggles that we have had this year, there's one word that comes to my mind. There's one thing that I see out of 2020. A lot of people see all the terrible and the tragedy and all of the sickness and all of the, the changes and the difficulties in life. There's one thing that I see out of 2020. Of all of the words that I could describe, it's right here. To each of us has been given grace just as Christ supports. We have seen grace upon grace upon grace upon grace this year. From sickness to disease to loss to, to job changes to, to uh, relationships, God's grace has been stable all the way through. Thank God for amazing grace. That's the song that I love to sing. How sweet the sound of amazing grace that has walked us through this year. The Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says that he has given grace to each one of us. Let me just give you three types of grace this morning. That empowering grace. He says, for the Lord gave this empowering grace for some to be apostles and prophets and, and pastors and teachers. You can see that in Ephesians chapter 4. We've all been given something. How would you despise one and like the other as, 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 as they were saying? How, how can you say, well, you know what? I prefer the hand but not the foot. Well, then what are you going to do if your hand can't get to where it needs to be used? How can you say, well, I prefer the foot. I like how it works, but I don't like the hand. Well, you can get there and stare all day long, but you can't pick anything up. You see, we all have been empowered by the grace of God. And Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I want you to find strength in the grace of Christ. Find your strength in Christ. Some of you, God wants to use his grace upon you to be able to do things that you don't think that you can do this next year. So your to-do list for 21, things that you want to see done in 2021, those are things that you can't even reach yet, but God's grace will help you to reach those things. I encourage you, set aside all of the loss and set aside all of the disappointment of this year and let your dreams begin to flow once again this next year. Start dreaming for bigger than what we had last year. You say, oh, well, it was just a tragedy. Yes, but let me tell you, God never does less. He always does more. Grace gets poured out upon grace and upon grace and upon grace. And so if we saw God's grace in 2020, we're going to see God's explosion of grace in 2021. Find strength in the grace of God. Find strength in it. It's that empowering grace. We also know that grace is sufficient grace. I love Paul's words when he says this. He says, for my grace is sufficient. That in your weakness, I am strong. Whew, that's good. His grace is sufficient. Some of you have experienced that sufficiency of God's grace this year. We exit 2020 minus some of those that we have lost this year. As a pastor, it never ceases to miss my mind as we close a year and I look back upon our church and I don't see faces that were here one year ago. But can I tell you, 
the words that Paul says are as true today that he wrote them as they are right now. My grace is sufficient. His grace, His favor, His love is sufficient to walk you through those dark valleys of life. To help you when you don't know which way to go. To encourage you when you feel like you have no strength left. The sufficiency of God's grace in our weakness only in the midst of a, of a terrible year of 2020. With sickness and disease and loss and tragedy and economic turmoil and political chaos. Only in the midst of that dynamic can you see the sufficiency of a gracious God that stands beside us and says, Son, daughter, you can make it I am with you your weakness means I am strong in you the grace of God my friends will see you not only through this past year but he will see you into the days ahead he's going to walk with us the sufficiency of God's grace and then of course there's another grace that I believe that I'm praying for in 2021 it's abundant grace Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, he said, and God is able to make all grace. Everybody say, all grace. Come on, say it again. All grace. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that, listen, having all sufficiency in all things at all, all times, His grace is abundant. You'll never run out of the grace of God. There'll never be a time when He won't bless you with His favor if you're walking and following Him. If you're letting your heart be true. If you're setting aside your old self. If you're pursuing with, with all diligence the calling that God has given you. The grace of God will be abundant in your life. I want to see God's grace flow over us more than anything that I have ever seen in this church. I want the grace of God begin to touch your families in such a way so that 2021 is an exceptional year. We're do that because God's grace is abundant. It's abundant. It's overwhelming in our life. There is sufficiency. There is an empowering grace and there is an abundant grace that we stand in. We've walked this year and seen the grace of God. My friends, next year, I believe we're going to see God's grace in such great measure. You won't have a basket full to hold the blessings that God's going to hold and pour out upon your life. Be faithful. Be strong. Stand in His mighty power and trust Him for His grace is sufficient. Having all sufficiency, His grace in all things, at all times, His grace will be with us. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.